Welcome to Giants Women Say, the podcast where we discuss all things Giants AFLW Season 3. I'm Fiona Lamb and I'm joined in the studio by Tracy Kick and Lisa Roper, also known as Coach Kiwi. And the elusive girl in the fridge will be joining us at a later time. Looking forward to that. So Kiwi, I'm going to start with you. What's your background in sports? I've spent my life doing sport and... um I started coaching back in 1989, actually, after studying business and studying acting school. I then found a course about sport, and I don't think I've ever looked back, to be honest. So you have mentioned that you had a background in soccer. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, I actually grew up playing the game and loving the Reds, Liverpool. Uh, They were just my team that I grew up with, and I wanted to be like John Barnes. I just tried to emulate everything about him I could until there was a documentary done on the USA women's soccer team with Michelle Akers and Mia Hamm and so then I went out and tried to be Mia, uh, not Mia, Mia, Michelle Akers. To me that was when I went, wow, women can play soccer. Okay, and then how did you get into coaching soccer? Simply from that course. My very first team was the Taranaki under-19 team and I'd just turned 20 at the time so in ineligible for selection but took the team and most of the parents didn't know who the coach was because I looked like one of the players but um, we went away we were pretty successful and I just continued coaching all the Taranaki age group teams for the next I think six years till I left Taranaki and moved to Auckland. Right and then you moved from Auckland to Australia how did you find AFL or how did AFL find you? I did play soccer over here and ended up coaching and I had um, my Australasian or Australian state league uh, licence for coaching and um, did have a season coaching the state league over here and a friend of mine, we were kind of, it's a different type of atmosphere and being a little bit older we were sort of over some of the challenges and decided that As players, we probably achieved what we could achieve. And being still competitive, we wanted to try another sport. So I was 32 at the time. She was 30. We gave up soccer and she said, I said, let's try rugby league because in Sydney, that's all you see. She said, let's try AFL. And I said, what on earth is that? And Google helped us the rest of the way. (laughs) So just tell us a little bit really quickly about what you've done in Sydney AFL. Um, I've played 16 seasons. I um, played over 250 games in Sydney. Played, I think it's seven seasons in the New South Wales team, obviously in my 30s. Um, that was pretty pretty good. We were the first team that um, kicked goal against Victoria, <laughs> which at the time was huge. Legends. <laughs> there were some pretty impressive Victorians in that team back then, which, you know, like the names of Peter Searle, Debbie Lee are still around, football circles. Um, and then I just went, I did get cop an injury one year. I broke a finger and that put me into a coaching role, um, assistant coaching with Western Wolves in 2008. And I made it back on the field, but we did win a premiership. And coaching bug obviously got me again. And so after that, we created, well, I had this crazy idea that the Irish people or the Irish style of football would go great in Aussie rules. So we, I started this, our own club with all the Irish girls that I play Gaelic football with. And what were they called, Kiwi? The Bondi Shamrocks, because Bondi is the 33rd county of Ireland. Excellent. Okay, you went on to then coach the Wollongong Saints to their maiden premiership, and you are playing again, I think, by then? 
Yeah, I actually didn't stop playing. I kind of kept playing even well after my finger was fine. But I've continued playing every season up until the last couple is when I retired. But yeah, I moved down the south coast and I took on the Wollongong Saints who were very young and new to the competition. And we won a premiership against MacUni. And a few years later, I ended up playing at MacUni when I came back to Sydney. Now, I need to stop you there because I believe you came across a player who is now in the Giants. Who was that? Um, there was this very talented player called Fridge, who uh, won quite a lot of games for them, really. Now, I'm glad you've mentioned Fridge because we're going to have the girl in the fridge and everyone wants to talk about Fridge. Uh, but I actually wanted to talk about a Wollongong player that you met who is now in the Giants. Yes, there was. Uh, I did coach the New South Wales under-18 team way back in the day and we used to play against the ACT under-18 team, which was coached by Beck Goddard. Some people may have heard of that name before. She's also a musician from Canberra. And um, I had this young girl from Nowra who came along, young Madeleine Collier, and um, she had an interesting style of kicking, an interesting way she played football. But she dominated and we worked on her and we got her into the Wollongong Saints and I, I don't think she's ever looked back. She came to Sydney, she won Best and Fairest up here and um, drafted second, was it? She was a, or, a priority pick for, for GWS Giants. Yeah. yeah. Great. And so I'm still friends with Maddie and her mum because um, obviously her mum drove her to all our training sessions way back then. So um, so I chat regularly to Carol. Dedicated parents. Yes, she Where drives Where would we be without them? Exactly. And we might have a chat with uh, Carol at some point down the track when we get into a segment I like to call Ask Mum. But more about that later. Okay, very quickly, Kiwi, what are you doing now? Um, I've now left Sydney again. I am down in Melbourne. I'm on the coaching panel with the Derebin Falcons for the VFLW and I'm on the coaching panel with Eastern Rangers for the TAC Cup under-18 girls. So they're the ones we prime for next season's draft. Excellent. All right. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you. Tracy Kick, what's your background in sports? Um, I played pretty much everything because I grew up in country Victoria where... If I wasn't in the church choir or doing ballet, I was playing sport. Then my dad was an elite sports person um, and my mum and dad opened a sports store when I was 11 years old. So, yeah, so my love for sport really extended to a career because when I was young, around about that age, I decided I wanted to be a PE teacher and uh, nothing was going to stop me from doing that. And I recall in year 12, that's the only thing I put on my, whatever you call that, form that gets you into uni. Um, so, yeah, you know, hopefully then I gave a whole lot of other people a love of sport by making sport accessible at school um, and teaching PE. So had a long career of, of that. And so then how did AFL find you? AFL found me in my lounge room probably when I was three years old, barracking for Carlton with my mum and my grandma. Dad barracked for Melbourne, my sister's barracked for Carlton, grandma for Carlton. So, yeah, I mean, look, to be really honest, I didn't even actually know that there were any other football codes other than soccer and AFL until I was 15. And is that because of what was available on telly? Um, that was because that was what was available on TV. But when I was 15 or just before my 15th birthday, I moved to the Gold Coast. And I remember vividly someone saying, you want to come and watch footy at afternoon sport? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And I got there and I'm like, what is this game? Like, and they're like rugby league. I'm like, what's that? No idea. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, so um, footy, uh, you know, I used to kick the ball with my dad. Um, there was no footy for girls or women to play. Um, and um, I remember having a kick with my dad when I was in about year 11 and the coach of the, this was on the Gold Coast, coach of the Lismore team who always came last, came up to me and said, would you play for us because we're always coming last and we can do with you. <laughs> but I never really got to see what's, what a footballer I could have been because there just wasn't really the opportunity until a lot later in life, a little bit later than Kiwi. <laughs> but um, That's yeah. right. Now tell us about the Balmain Dockers. Yeah, so the Balmain Tigers. The yeah, Balmain club. Tigers. So I, I moved to Sydney yep. in 2002, um, actually in Brisbane in 1998. I was involved in the, the uh, two small squads of women that got together to start a league in Brisbane. I wasn't a driving force behind it, but I was training and we played one game so it was Ronga versus Mount Cravat um, and um, so you know my love for footy had been going for a long time and in fact I'd introduced it at schools where I was teaching and I'd coached it at school so I think I said to you Fee in my notes that I coached my first game of AFL in 1985 when I was one um, <laughs> um, yeah so in my in, in early in my teaching career I coached the boys footy team um, so yeah sort of fast forwarding then when I moved to Sydney I saw there was a league and I thought well I love footy so this would be a great way to meet people so I rang the new town breakaways and I was told that they were full I actually then spoke to Western Wolves, who were very keen for me to come out. And then I had a look at kind of the, the after-work traffic and I thought, that looks complex in Sydney. I don't know how to do that. And they said, oh, maybe you can ring Natty Morgan at the Belmain Tigers. And so I did. And uh, I went down there and I think uh, maybe three weeks before my 40th birthday, I played my first game of real footy. Yeah, right. Okay. So and for the listeners, um, the listeners may not know, but at the time, Belmade, and probably for the next 10 years, they were all around that age, weren't they? They were an older... Yeah, it was an older group older of team. women. Yeah. yeah. It didn't stop them. They won... You'll probably come to that. Lots of premierships. Mm, yeah. It was a bit of a change of the guard, though, by the time we got to premierships, but yeah. Yeah. And so I apologise, it was the Belmade Tigers. Belmade Tigers, yeah. So the, the story about... Well, just very quickly... Balmain had started as the Glebe Greyhounds in the very first, I think, the practice, the first year of the inception of the league here, um, which um, then the, they, that's the name of the junior club, I think they were, what they were called? Cyclones. Oh, the Glebe Cyclones. Thank you, Kiwi. See? And Glebe. Um, and, um, and then the Balmain Tigers. And then um, actually when I was president there, we signed an agreement with the Belmain, with the uh, Fremantle Dockers to become a partner club. So that, hence the name changed to the Dockers. So Yeah, right. Hmm. Okay. And so much more recently, mm. I want yes. to hear about... Premierships and head coaching and ah yes well um, I think in two thousand and nine I took over the head coaching of the Belmain Dockers. Um, in fact, in two thousand and ten, Kiwi approached me to do some coaching in a program she was developing, which was the Talented Player Program. <laughs> um, and you know, it, it I guess swings and roundabouts. What goes around comes around, but. Kiwi was in pretty instrumental in putting me forward to coach the New South Wales team in 2011 um, um, 
and then 2013. Um, in the meantime, we won premierships in, at Belmain in 2011 and 12, uh, um, I think, 2011 and 12. And in 2014, I went across to become head coach at the UNSW Stingrays, as they were known then, now known as the Bulldogs. Um, and, um, and lucky enough to win three in a row. So... Yeah, it's been a few. As we like Lucky, to say. no, there's no such thing as luck. You worked hard with those girls. Thank you, Kiwi, but the, the, they worked particularly hard as well. So, I mean, it was a team thing and we built a culture and that's really what coaching is about, really, building the culture and and then bring, putting it all together. So can't do it without committed people everywhere. Right. And so recently you've... Um, been involved with the Giants as well? Yeah, so last season I was one of the assistant coaches. Um, I coached the defence um, and um, so watching with a keen eye this season um, and yeah, I'll have a bit of a chance to go out to GWS and, and maybe bring some some info back to the podcast um, just in, in a role that will just be supporting the train-on squad. Um, so yeah, we might get a couple of interviews when I'm out and about there. Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Trace. So, Fee. Yes, Trace. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about how you got this great new passion for AFL. Well, I am not a player at all. I've never been a player. I'm a supporter. So, um, weekends for me used to be about walking up and down the coast of Sydney from Coogee to Bondi and back. That's what my weekends were about until I met someone who was in the um, Mac Uni team and I didn't know that there was such a thing as women's AFL. This was new to me. So um, we'd spend an hour in the car driving out to the matches and I'd sit for uh, two hours and have a chat with other supporters and then we'd hop back in the car and drive back home. There's a whole lot more sitting happening. Uh, that's not entirely true. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few uh, mulled wines that were brewed on those sidelines. So you that, Your mulled wine came later football. and I don't think we actually admit to that um, in too many circles. But That was a great night though. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we and can remember. yes, it's true. I did make pom-poms out of crepe paper and I did shake them with one of the mums of one of the players at a very exciting Mac Uni match. So, Fee, what is it that you love about women's footy? I love the camaraderie um, of the teams. It's not So I'm from a music background, which means that particularly in the choirs I'm in, there's, uh, there may be a performer who steps out the front, but it's um, the choir as a whole, that um, a cappella choir, so we create the music ourselves. Um, no instruments is what I mean. And so we need each other for it to work. And I suppose that there's a very, very simple um, analogy that, that can be used in a team as well in, in AFL. So the thing the thing specifically about AFL as opposed to just sporting um, teams is that it's quite physical, it's quite rough, there's a lot of stamina required and there's a lot of resilience needed and... I'm very happy to observe and support from the sidelines. <laughs> well, we are very <clears throat> we are very happy to have you leading this podcast and hosting this podcast to get out um, women's footy to maybe some new audiences in New South Wales, especially, and to promote uh, what's happening in New South Wales footy 
to our other states around the country. So that's what we want. Good on you for starting this podcast. Thanks Fee. very much. We want eyes on the games. We want bums on seats, and we want you to tell the others, tell your colleagues, tell your friends, tell your family, and get to the games. Let's get on and review 2018 season two, and I would like to kiss off, kick us off by saying that round one broke my heart into little pieces. It was um, our match against Melbourne. It was at Casey Fields. We spent an hour driving out there learning that song back to front. So I was ready to sing it. I was ready and I really felt like we had a win coming our way. And in the dying minutes, it was Melbourne's win. It was a fantastic, exciting game, but I cried big juicy tears because I was so sure we were going to win. What are your thoughts? Well, I um, I actually thought we played extremely well in in that game, despite the final score. And I was positive heading into the season. I thought we had a really good list. We had some um, really experienced coaches on the panel. And I remember saying to the girls play footy who had ranked us outside the top four, I said, "No way! Look at look at our list. Look at what the Giants got. We're at top four big time and for me I think the game that really hurt was the second round when we had two losses on the trot and we started that game strong the lightning came it just rained on our parade and we never got it back yeah I think um I think your comments about the first game are right Fee and I mean I wonder if sometimes a team that hasn't won a lot of games has to learn to win Mm. and I think that that you know, everybody went into that second game with a very positive outlook, took a lot away from that game. Um, and, you know, I was describing to you guys, I think the perfect storm happened in Sydney on that night. And and it was at first a perfect storm that was for positive reasons. You know, it was the first inner city um, AFLW match, record crowd, probably close to 5,000, if not more. It was a carnival atmosphere. It was a carnival atmosphere. Um, If you looked across the hill, it was the history of Sydney Women's AFL, you know, from its inception. Every person who had been involved was there. Um, I know that, you know, friends of mine were like, oh, man, you should have seen the atmosphere out on that hill. It was just amazing. Everyone knew everyone. Um, And then the weather just dealt us, you know, the, the biggest blow. And... You know, you can't blame the weather. At the end of the day, you've got to play football. But, you know, it was set up as as with the most positive environment mm. um, that was set. The scene was set for a fantastic game of football and was so disappointing. But, you know, I think those two losses on the trot really spurred on, you know, a great revolt and a, and a, a real um, desire to prove that the team could play football and certainly did, you know, I think a highlight for me was probably um, winning in Frio. I think, you know, we had to win every game at, at a certain point there and to travel and to win um, was, that was a fantastic game of football, I thought. Um, and Brisbane, mm, we might might throw to you for some thoughts on Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> so that was out at Blacktown. Yeah, it was I was round seven. It was game. our last chance. It was chance. do or die. Mm. The Collingwood game before that, down at um, Holden Centre, that was um, that was also a game you had to get get a win. And that was round three. That was where I met uh, yeah. Phoebe McWilliams's mother. Phoebe, you're dead to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because it was a very black and white um, 
stadium, really, if you can call that a full stadium. Of, full of Collingwood yeah, supporters, and yeah. And she found two people sitting in orange and thought she'd be safe by us. <laughs> yeah. which She's a hoot. Which, I really enjoyed we were just along meeting Joe. She's a lot Milana of fun. Hope's tribe. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a very good crowd. Yeah. No, that wasn't. That yeah. was an important win as well. And we got to sing that song. There's nothing better than beating Collingwood. In fact, like <laughs> that run, and you know, you can imagine the emotional, the you know, emotional physical toil of that run. You know, so we had the win in Collingwood, and and then we had the must win in. We had the draw, I think, and then we had the must win in in Canberra against, um, against the Bulldogs, Bulldogs, which was always, and you know, probably wouldn't been tipped too. to win that. And then Frio, and you know, so it was. It was a massive effort. Um, so, Lynn, let's talk about the Brisbane Round Seven very quickly before we move on. Ouch! Well, ouch! 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 Yeah, we played some really good football, though. We had. Um, I don't know. You take some confidence out of what some of those players did that have been retained on the list. So you got to look at that going into next year too. Yeah, look, I think, um, I mean, I was heavily involved obviously in that and, and you know, in my review, I thought that the the sort of the Brisbane flood that had turned that game around maybe went for about 12 minutes. But in review and in reflection, it was about six or seven minutes and mm. they kicked six goals. And uh, I don't think in any other game in the whole season and maybe in the competition so far, there has been a team that has kicked that number of goals in such a short space of time. And I think that everybody in players, you know, the support team, everybody was scrambling to try to rectify the problem. Um, and we did. Um, we won pretty much every other quarter, um, I think, other than that quarter. And, you know, so, again, uh, lots to take away from that while very disappointing because we were genuine grand final contenders. That's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. And there was there was a lot of 50-50 calls that went against us. Uh, I remember sitting in the packed grandstand and people fire up at the umpires. They just do it at football anyway, but I don't think I've ever seen a crowd fire up as quite as much as they did that day. I actually felt for the umpires on the field. And um, you don't want to ever blame the umpires for anything, but um, but yeah, I think that some of those calls just went against us. It could have changed the game. Well, the play got very rough, and I'm talking about both sides. I'm talking mm. about Giants and Lions, and it got really... I, I felt discomfort watching the game. Not just because um, we were being beaten, but because I didn't like what I was seeing sometimes mm. between some players. So There was so much on the line, right? I mean, everyone's yeah, was, playing yeah, for a do-or-die grand desperate. final. And, and that yeah. was, yeah, as you said, that was pretty much how every game had to be played mm. because you've only got seven rounds. Well, exactly. they, were, they were in a similar spot. They had to win to make sure they still had a chance of being the grand final too. So yeah. Yeah, There were four teams yeah. in contention for the grand final that weekend. Yeah, yeah. incredible. So, hmm. So yeah. that that probably it's gives a, us a it's a good wrap up, I think. Mm. <laughs> the season that was. Now we're going to review the practice game, which interestingly was against the Brisbane Lions. So let's get into that. Okay. Well, um, just a couple of observations. Obviously, fantastic win. Yeah. Um, well over fifty points. A little bit of deja vu because very similar this time last year in a practice game here in Sydney against the Lions. So um, fantastic and I'm sure will give the, the players a lot of confidence. Um, but, you know, got to also remember um, that, you know, we, there are a range of players not playing. Some uh, and a lot of teams were trying out their new recruits. So um, 
So a mixed bag of, of players, but fantastic result and lots of promising um, performances from new players and existing players. Kiwi, which players stood out for you? Yeah, I thought um, Bernardi had a really good game with um, with the Giants for the first time. She's a high-quality player and, and quite ra- rated quite well through the Victorian competition. Um, it's good to see Amy Schmidt uh, play some clean football and bang in a few goals. Uh, I thought that was one of the best games I've seen her play, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think she stood up. And obviously, um, I worked a little bit with the Cross-Coder program down in Victoria. So I've met Yvonne Bonner before, and I was just excited to see her play. So to see her come out and play so well, I'm just excited for the season ahead with our two Irish players. Yeah, and I, look, I thought what, what else was really promising was the midfield because they really mixed the midfield up. Um, the midfield was missing Alicia Riva as a key midfielder, I guess, um, but de- demonstrated a lot of depth and a little bit of interesting um, try, trying a few people through the mids. Um, saw Swanee in there in the last quarter, or fifth whatever you call that. Um, and uh, Hanine uh, got her hands on plenty of the ball and showed her pace. Um, and uh, young Elise Parker um, certainly demonstrated why she was in the All-Australian team last year. So I um, thought Hicksy also was pretty strong. So that'll be really interesting to see um, how what they come up with in terms of the, the midfield after that trial game. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to uh, pick the 21 going forward because I thought that yeah there's a whole lot that put their hand up and it's a great problem to have isn't it and you know through the VFL season Biso has run through the midfield a lot a lot of success for Hawthorne and I think Yvonne Bonner had a had a few runs through the midfield as well so he's got a lot of options yeah Alan yeah Yeah, Alan has yeah he's a lot of options or or a headache (laughs) yes what else I really liked about the game um, was I thought that the forward line was far more creative than last year and that's that's not saying that the players and the structure of the forward line was wrong last year what I'm saying is that it just didn't seem it seemed like it was more free-flowing and creative and not reliant always just on leading hard leading forwards um, and I thought that there were some really creative goals with using some pace um, and over the top and few a lot more variation yeah, I think um, having the likes of probably Cora and Vaughn who don't know the game and don't know structures and, you know, the hard runs out, it's great because it also means it's hard for the other opponents to mark up on them and predict what they're going to do. So uh, I'm excited about what our forwards and if we and the midfield that we've got to bring the ball into the forward 50 set gives those options. It's... Um, Absolutely. Mm, very very little change to the back line. Um, mm. It's looking fairly familiar. Um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what else might happen there, especially if someone like Swanee ends up in the midfield. Um, that'll open up a, a space there. But um, sort of using brush and bars run off, off half-back and um, Phoebe's Monaghan um, and I know Tonks and uh, Tanya were down there, down back, deeper back at at some point but and then um, we have to mention your premiership rucker Ingrid Ingrid in her in her debut and she can play at either end and um got her hands on a few of the ruck taps um got a, a bit of time there um so yeah no look I thought there was 
a lot of positives and um, even um, Taylor Davies, who I'd not seen at all, think I don't know if that was her first game of AFL as it well. Was, yep. Um, the netballer. Um, so that was, looked really impressive. But overall, um, it does look like a quality problem for the coaching staff. Yeah. And also, we didn't mention Maddie Collier banged in a goal and so did Delma Gisu. Oh, yes, the young little small... Very small, isn't she? She's about five foot four. From yeah, I think there. she's smaller than that, even. Oh, yeah. Wow. From NT, and, and Brisbane were out. Had a few players out who would, were instrumental in that previous game that we were talking about, and mostly probably Kate Lutkins. But with Eva out, you know, the, the two balance, quality players, yeah. bit of balance. Um, and they've lost Caitlin Ashmore to Kangaroos, and she's pretty. Handy player to have. You'd have her in any team, I think. Absolutely, and Pacey. Yeah. But um, I, I thought Brisbane struggled to get on the outside, which is what they normally do. They normally get on the outside and go, um, and the Giants certainly matched them this time. So, uh, you know, if that's a sign of, of what's going to happen, then it's all very positive. Exciting times ahead. In news hot off the press, we have... The leadership group announced for 2019. Let's have a look. Yes, so interestingly, very little change. So um, great news for us and all of our New South Wales and Sydney AFL fans. Amanda Frugia, the Fridge, is back in the captaincy. I love you, Fridge. And I believe um, may break a record in the season. If uh, she plays the first few games, she'll be the most... uh, well, I don't know how you call it, the the captain, most captained captain. Um, <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. That's We're it. not putting a hex on it. <laughs> um, so um, congrats to Fridge um, and uh, Vice-Captain Lee Shariva, which is, again, no surprise. Great team. Um, a great team. And, um, and the rest of the leadership group has remained unchanged with Jess Delpos, Emma Swanson and Tanya Hetherington. And interestingly, but not surprisingly, they've gone to a sixth person leadership group um, with um, Christina Bernardi joining the group. Now, Christina was in the Collingwood leadership group last year, so it's not really a surprise that someone of her calibre has been voted into that group. Great gesture, though. Someone who's come in from outside to be put into the leadership position in, in the new team. I think that um, speaks volumes about... Um, because the team, of course, votes these 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 players they do into the those giants, positions. Yep. Um, so, yeah, all positive, all looking good. I'm looking at that um, list and the one at the top is New South Wales and the rest of the list is Victoria. That's how it's going to be this year. New South Wales team at the top and uh, <laughs> the Victorian teams underneath. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a plan. That's science. Yeah. That's, very, that's amazing. <laughs> very scientific <laughs> analogy. <laughs> Thank you um, for that. Look, I've played under Fridge actually as a captain and um, she is a very strong leader. I think, you know, the Giants have have um, probably got one of the best in the actual league. She just leads on and off the field. She leaves nothing at training. She demands of you what she does, which um, is rare to find somebody just naturally like that without any training. It's just in her and um, she she may have demanded the same of a water runner here and there and um i will never recover french <laughs> i will never recover we can talk about it later <laughs> there may have been an instant where fee ran water for one game and this may, wasn't up to par just it may not have got well, now, hang the on right position at the right time and fridge gave away a 50 to give away a 50 no she didn't no i didn't give away a 50 right okay <laughs> 
I was just. But the direction was loud and was direct. Loud. It was. I wasn't expecting to be yelled at. Yeah. Well. Anyway. <laughs> All but, that aside, Fridge is adored by. Um, by fans. all her fans, fans and players alike, fans and players, and and deeply respected, deeply respected. She, and, she's um, a great speaker. She's from the Western Sydney. I don't think you know you could could buy that kind of um, person to come in and be such an ambassador of the game as what Fridge has done for the Giants. So, yep. um, you're fantastic. Yep, couldn't agree more. I'm a Giants fan, but. My heart goes out to Brooke Lachlan. Um, the news has just come out this evening that Brooke has fractured her right fibula and that's catastrophic for Brooke, who, of course, was famous for her goal scoring. She got 47, didn't she? 47 points in one game. Seven goals, something. Seven, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I think seven goals. And uh, a shout-out to Becca Hain, who kept score of every single... M- AFLM team that Brooke beat with her score, and there was quite a quite a bag. I'll, I'll get the um, final figures from Becca Hain, but it was uh, a great way to um, just make a point about the scoring in the women's game. So, um, all best wishes from us all to Brooke, and we hope you recover quickly. That's all we have time for. Thanks for listening in. We have one more thing to say, and that is. Here come the giants.